1: And welcome, rugby fans! It is rugby rant time. It's your boy Scott Ferrara, the big guy. I have Romer Hammerschmidt right here to my right. And thank you guys for watching. This is episode twenty-eight of the Rugby Rant. Um, we've we've brought you all the way since March on giving you uh, RPK interviews. This past Wednesday, we had our oh, my boy LaRome White. Um, even though he might not be my boy any longer, not anymore. conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Apparently, I'm <laughs> outlawed in the season. on the same day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm outlawed in the city of Austin, so i you know can't go there. And Chuck um, Norris and is
0: coming after you too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I got Chuck Norris coming after me. It's crazy. And 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 after this, you know, after proclaiming the Dallas love I have, I'm sure I'm not allowed in Houston, so that cuts the state, you know, pretty much in half for me. Um, anyway, so this is the rugby rant. Uh, this is where we. Take our topics and we rant about them. We ask you, the fans, what the topics were going to be this week. So um, our two topics real quick before we introduce our guests off the top is who has the the best and worst jersey on this kit miss, which was uh, a couple days ago as the MLR um, came out and revealed all the new kits. And then the second topic is going to be the best roster so far revealed for the MLR teams. For all the fans who don't know, each person here is going to have Two minutes to rant about whatever their opinion is for each of those topics, and if they go over those two minutes, Rob, what do they get? The cheese. The cheese. That means they. That means they will. <laughs> they will uh, uh, be be in trouble with me. I, I'm I'm hosting today. Um, shout out to our buddy Ty uh, uh, Ty Braga. Uh, just had a baby. Congratulations. Unfortunately, he couldn't be be here with us, so I'm right. taking over his role. Um, if you get <laughs> it had, congratulations on your son Emmett. Um, we're so glad for you guys. Um, if you get two yellow cards, Rob, what happens? The red card. Red the red card comes out, and tell. and well, listen. Uh, Ty has the professional set, and he didn't FedEx it to me, so I got to make do. <laughs> and what we do is we actually just cut off your your microphone for that entire segment. Um, uh, based upon how well the uh, the ranters do, I will then decide who is, who has won the rant for uh, this particular episode, episode twenty eight. Currently, I believe I am uh, winning um, as, against Rob. Um, I have, I think, I have four or five more than Rob. But you get this nice little trophy if you win. The so only, Rob, the
0: he, only way I can win, it looks like now, is let Scott be the host, and and then pretty I much he's still, still going to be biased against me.
1: I'm I'm not saying Rob and Ty were in cahoots to have the baby, but you know, I think they <laughs> might have been. Um, so so, <laughs> Rob, do do me a favor and and introduce our friend here.
0: Yeah, so our our first guest uh, we have just below me down there is a good mate of mine. We played at the Chicago Blaze Rugby Club, Ding, um, together for a number of years, and we've uh, partnered on a couple of other things. He's a tremendous friend of mine, uh, but he's also, most importantly, um, the chief marketing officer and partner at Kaleidoscope Global Branding Design. Um, It's an ad agency or design agency based in Chicago with offices in Cincinnati, Minneapolis, New York and Dubai, so he has an understanding of the international and U.S. market, and and he's also worked with the um, the uh, Welsh Rugby Union and the Kenan Rugby Union in his capacity as a marketing uh, guru. So um, he comes with a lot of panache. Certainly, if you look at him, with a lot of style and an understanding, uh, a great understanding of marketing. So, uh, welcome, Difed. Thanks for joining us on the Rugby Ramp, mate. Pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me. And below me, we have my buddy, Mike P. He is the president of the Empire Region Rooster Boosters. Mikey, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So he's back for the second time, it. right?
0: We gonna want to make second that time. Clear. right? Yeah, he's yes, back for the second time.
1: He's a returner. But, excuse me. He's a returner. He's Listen, I, I, we've had so many guests on, it's hard to keep track. And, you know, Mikey's a great guest and always comes in with the hot opinions. So I'm really excited to have him on again. Um, but before we get into the first rant, um, I just want to bring, let you guys know that this show is brought to you by our partners at Manscaped. Manscaped just came out with the Lawnmower 3.0; it's their best um, Manscaped uh, invention yet. Uh, but not only do they do the the trimmers, and believe it or not, actually, Rob, before I go into what else they do, we actually got a message from from one of our women fans who said that she uses it as a bikini trimmer. So, don't, so just remember. The 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 lawnmower 3.0 is for men and women, but um you know they they also mm-hmm. have some other things. Um, you've been working hard around the house, around the yard. That swamp ass hits your thighs and grundle are burning, and now the day's over and you can't do anything else. That's why the big guy wears his manscape boxers with anti chafing technology. These boxers are great. I know the hammers w- uh, has worn them. I'm wearing know. them right now. He, exactly, he's wearing them right now. Protect the boys. Wear your manscape boxers. Go to manscaped.com. For 20% off plus free shipping, use the promo code RUGBY RANT. Again, go to manscaped.com, use the promo code RUGBY RANT to get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. Your balls will thank you. So hey, we're hey, going to go. Guy. Hold on, big guy,
0: yep. real quick. Uh, w- would you mind going halvesies on a, on a Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 so Mikey can shave that stash here at the end of the month? <laughs> listen, Mike's doing
1: the, the, the mustache, the Movember mustache. Shout out. Listen. You know what? Let's talk about another shout out because, because I had it from our buddy David Fee, shouted me out from our last, uh, our last, um, RPK with, with, uh, Christian Rodriguez. Again, um, November is men's health. Uh, yeah. as Mikey's showing us, he's, he's shaving yeah. for Movember. Um, I'm keeping the beard this year, but if you are somebody you know is having a hard time, I'm going back to it. Um, Tim Kennedy, former UFC fighter, current, uh, U.S. Special Forces operator, he has the campaign hashtag just fucking ask if, you're not feeling good. Just fucking ask somebody for help. If you think somebody's not feeling good, yeah. just fucking ask them if you're okay. You have the power to help yourself. It's okay to not be okay. Just fucking ask and, and let's help men get better. Um, so let's, let's go into our first rant again. We're doing our best and worst kits for 2021. I'm going to start off with Fred. Fred, give me your best and worst.
2: None of the above would be my uh, simple answer. Uh, I think that, um, all pretty appalling, actually. Uh, would be my simple answer. No, um, no, be honest, friend. Be honest. Yeah, I, 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 it, it's it's very yeah. hard to choose. It's it's like picking the ugliest child. Um, it's it's a, it's a beauty pageant of ugliness. That that would be my answer. I, I could <laughs> not pick one of them.
1: Oh man, I mean, that's he was short. He was sweet. He was to the point. So, why couldn't you pick any of them? What 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 do, what do you think is exactly wrong with these?
2: So I I think that they've missed a a golden ticket here. If, If the idea is to help grow the sport of rugby in North America, then you need to use some of that language, design language, if you will, in the mix. I understand you have to modernize the sport, but you have to also use what we call distinct memory structure, things that people remember to associate with a certain thing. The difference between designing milk and motor oil, for example, you understand the design language. You look at both of those jugs of liquid. One goes in your motor car and one goes on your cornflakes. They're both liquid in a jug, but you understand the inherent difference between both. These all look like soccer jerseys to me. Okay. I
1: mean, we've seen we've seen kind of what the formula is for some of the teams. Um, I'm not going to talk about the other team's jerseys specifically because robin and mike are still going to go but we've seen some teams take bigger chances and bigger risks on how their 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 kits look what do you think they need to go to a more i would say original old school old-fashioned style or
2: yeah that that's that's the dilemma right how far back do you go how much of the old heritage do you bring forward with you and how do you need to modernize things at the same time because at the end of the day with what's happening here is it's a commercial venture Uh, And you're asking consumers to part with money to wear their tribal colors to support that particular team, but also grow the, you know, if everybody grows, then everybody benefits. Um, And I think that while there's going to be some of these jerseys, some people are going to be very passionate about. And I think if you see the comments on social media, they are. And that's great. That means dollars in the bank etc. But I think that these will be short-lived. They'll be like one of those NASCAR jackets that you might want to have worn in 1982. It's still in your closet, and you're never going to wear it again. It's just going to sit there. Uh, And you might even be embarrassed to wear it in a few years' time. And I think that might be true of, of a lot of these designs, unfortunately.
1: I feel like you haven't been to Talladega. Uh, In a while, you might you might want to go back to Talladega this year uh, when when they run it and and take a look. Um, So, all right, thanks, thanks, Fred, Um, Mike. I'm going to give you your two minutes. Your two minutes starts now.
3: All right. So I broke it down. I had a criteria for what I determined it was the best and the worst. Uh, Three things: collar, uh, integration of like the name of the colors, and then like washability. Like, can't if I get this dirty can I wash this and will <laughs> the colors stay? And so my best was San Diego has a collar, which I think all rugby jerseys have to have a collar. Uh, I liked the red and the black, even though red and black is overplayed in the MLR right now, they did integrate the, uh, the Legion helmet, which I thought was really cool. So they're embracing that, you know, that Legion identity that they have and then dark colors, easily washable, gets grass stains. You know, like can't see grass stains. perfect. But my worst was LA. No collar, so automatically, that's just a big thing in my book. No. Uh, no integration of colors really. It's all white and it's got that. I was hoping for more of the, you know those lighter colors that they have. looking for like a more of like a Miami vice kind of thing, which is what a lot of people were saying when they first saw the colors and the guiltyes coming out was, oh, Miami Vice is gonna be cool. They didn't do any of that in their jersey. They also don't have an away jersey, just have the home jersey. And then it's all white, which is terrible to wash, having had all white jerseys before. You're, you know, it's just, I hate everything about that. So those are the two that I, I love San Diego. I, I do not like LA. I will say this, though. Overall, I loved the East Coast jerseys. I thought the East Coast was better than the West Coast. I'm I'm not going to say the East Coast was better than the West Coast
1: because I already say that about everything else. That's that's a homerism. I do agree with you about the the silhouette of the Legion helmet was great. And as a matter of fact, I liked their away grays. I thought it was um, gray, it was like a, a battleship gray. It wasn't a really dark gray. I, I I liked it a lot. And I do think you're right about the Guiltinis as far as kind of there's already been other teams who, who've done like an all white. And what I think the guillotine should have done was I don't think they could have used the pink. And here's the reason why the MLR officials kind of have a hold on pink. You know, it's one of those colors that none of the other teams have. And it stood out on the field as we watched, which helped new um, rugby fans figure out that that person was an official. Um, so, I don't think they can really do that much with a lot of pink because now you got to get the officials to have like a third and a fourth jersey. Um, but they could have done something better with that green neon, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that they're coming out with a different logo for uh, um, a kid's logo. So, as they're working on it, we'll see maybe they come out with that away jersey. All right, Rob, let's hear it. All right. First of all, I I just want to tell you, you two New Yorkers guys, I just can't
0: freaking wait till San Diego shows up in NOLA in like freaking July or August to play a game in the heat of a Saturday or Sunday afternoon in those dark gray jerseys because they're going to be in deep trouble when that day comes. Uh, But having said that, look, my winner, I really like Dallas. And I like the Rooney's, too. And I like Rooney for different reasons. I like Dallas. I just thought it popped. The colors popped. Quite frankly, my wife liked him too. And so I always like to make the wife happy. So I'm going with Dallas. But I like the fact that Rooney uh, embedded a lot of symbolism, in both her home and away jersey. I give that a lot of props. You know, the five boroughs, all the neighborhoods built into the, into the away jersey. The, uh, the subway tile, um, what kind is G- Gaster- Gastavino? Uh, subway, tile,
1: yeah,
0: um, subway tile pattern built into their their home jersey i thought that symbolism was really cool here's the thing it, you know given what fred said i don't know if that translates to being seen on the field because it's so small but i think for somebody that wants to wear it as a jersey to a match or around um it certainly gives them something to be prideful about um so what didn't I like? I'm going to piss uh uh Doug Wilkie and Karen Gasparino off and I'm going to say um uh Toronto uh they unveiled the blue home. Now they're going to have a Sunday white home as well. Uh they look just like the last three seasons. So there's nothing changed. I did like the hoops. Um that's that's cool. It's a, again a a throwback to um you know old school Um, I would have gone Nola, but um, they this one is pretty much uh, their their away was pretty much like their away last year. But I love the quarters. Quarters got my
1: uh, got my uh, man parts flowing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, those are great observations, and I think you're right. Um, you know, Rooney also came out with their secondary logo on the front. They have their heritage logo on the base of the neck on the back of both of their jerseys, and there's been some talk about the heritage uh, logo. Kind of moving to the back there, and the secondary logo up front. Um, before we get, before I get into my picks, um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Doug Wilkie. For those of you who don't know, Doug is has been on the show before, and our show is so good that he was listening to it while driving somewhere and got a ticket <laughs> yeah. that he wasn't paying attention to how fast he was going. So I'm cautioning all the listeners and watchers of the show: be careful while you're doing it, wow. while you're operating heavy machinery. Please don't be like Doug. Doug, I love you. Mm-hmm. I had to bust your chops a little bit, um, real quick. So my best was Nola. I love the quarters for the simple reason that it hasn't been out there yet uh, right. in, in the M.L.R. Um, you know their colors are always nice with the golden white. I f- I liked the quarters. It looks cool. I'm sure I'll just look extra fat in it, but that's okay. And actually, my my worst, my worst. This is a shout out to our buddy Grant Cole who was on the show previously because him and me gripe about this constantly. The worst I'm going with every kit. So far main in the MLR, and here is the reason. And this is a marketability thing that I'm sure Fred, Fred will agree with. The kits are cut in a pro-style kit. So, for example, I'm a big guy. I'm a 3X. I'm prop-sized. If I buy a 3X kit, I look like a prop playing. My man boobs are out. My belly's sticking out. I don't feel comfortable in that kit while I'm trying to watch Rooney. I have to get like a five X or a six X in these pro styles and paladin and and unfortunately, paladin doesn't cut that big in those those jerseys, so they're not sold. So for me to spend ninety dollars on a jersey that I absolutely will not wear is I think you're cutting out a whole section of of big fat guys that played rugby that are out of shape that are big and fat that would buy a kit if they just felt comfortable in. Um. So, uh, I so Rob, am I am I right about that?
2: Um. Uh, Fred, I'm sorry, am I right about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a a second component to that as well. When it comes to the tribe of branding uh, and, and rugby specifically, especially in North America, if you're wearing a rugby jersey, you want people to know that you're a rugby player or a rugby fan and not a soccer fan. And if you are going to be that big boob guy or whatever, that's the last thing you want, right? you don't want to be out twice you know you soccer player and you're overweight I mean <laughs> you know so I, yeah, I, they've got to figure that out from a marketing standpoint and a, a merchandise standpoint as well and I would also argue they've got to think about the kids and they've got to think about the ladies um, as we know there's a Huge influx of female players globally now. It's actually the future of the sport in my mind. Uh, That's not a sexist comment, but because it doubles the demographic globally, and that's the survival of the sport. So you've got to include that. I don't see any of these jerseys doing that either, and I think that's a mistake.
1: And I I think that they in prior seasons the MLR teams have not had – they've only had unisex cuts of a lot of their – um, of swag and we we've talked about it me Rob, and ty have talked about it on previous shows how this year we have seen more um women-centric swag um, um shirts coming out in a women's cut um other you know sweatshirts coming out in a women's cut and i think they might have to do i'm not sure if they can they they have the operation to do a women's cut or if there is a women's cut or to make it i I don't know how you would make it appeal to women in that way Mm -hmm. but we we have seen them doing it in other ways besides the kit so i think they're starting to get the ball rolling there
2: yeah i think that in the past the the things that i've I've witnessed in in, uh, north america with talking to females when it comes to rugby is just make it pink you know it's so patronizing it's ridiculous and then it's, it, you know, it's like vegetarianism was in restaurants, you know, 20 years ago, just take the meat out of the bun. You know, there you go. Yeah. there You know, we've got to move on. We've got to think bigger than that. And Scott I doesn't
0: know what that's all about. But yeah. Yeah, I,
2: don't, yeah. that's, that's what, I think that they've done a great job in terms of the marketing of it, though. I, they, they need credit for that because it was holistic. It was consistent. It did get a lot of buzz online. There's some great feedback online. Um, and I could be wrong about some of this stuff. You know, that remains to be seen. But at the end of the day, it's bums on seats and it's money in the bank. And if, if this does not convert either of those two things, then it, it's a failure. And if absolutely, it does, then I'm wrong and I'll come back on the show and I will apologize. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I'm going to jump in here real quick, and I I think that's an interesting
0: point. One of the things that I I noticed is um, it was funny to me. Like I said, I love Nolasco uh, um, uh, quarters, uh, but I wondered why they did why they really didn't very much in their away kit from what they had in the 2020 uh, 2020 season and part of me suspected that maybe uh, we have reason to believe because they're not demonstrating anything with the rugby shop just yet that they're actually not going to be um, opting in with the rugby shop this year and so they might have a backlog of the await you know jerseys that that are sitting there and if they don't you know if they put out a new jersey will people, Will they continue to sit there? They're going to have to get discounted like many teams are discounting their last year 2020 kit, you know, at 30 and 40 percent off right now. And was it kind of a smart way to try to work out their old, you know, merch? Uh, and, And from what I understand, by the way, rumor has it that not only are they going to have a Mardi Gras kit, but I'm hearing that they also might have a third alternate kit in addition. So you're almost talking about really four kits, one of which is not really so new
2: coming out of noah that's a lot of products sitting on a shelf somewhere it is yeah. dust that's for sure and of course with, with kits you've got to pay for it in advance you know right. if your ROI, your roi is going to be a longer burn shirt by shirt uh, game by game so that that's that's problematic in my mind
1: and you hear it in in other leagues outside of north america i mean in the premiership it's like every season every team comes out with a new kit or you want to get the new kit because you know Exeter won the European Cup, so they get that extra right. star. So, do you want the kit with the previous stars or the current amount of stars they have? And I know a lot of fans, the star thing isn't the biggest deal, but when they come out with a new home and away kit every season, it's like, you know, how much merchandise do you want me to buy at that expensive of a rate? Right, yeah.
0: and I'm I'm almost saying that if 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 I was running a team, I'd almost have my home kit. Just have the subtle differences from year to year, but it would pretty much stay the same. So somebody going to the game in Chicago would have the same jersey they'd be able to go five years from now. It would be the same thing. And you'd have an alternate kit and you'd have an away kit that you might change uh,
2: to develop more interest in the merch. Yeah, I think from, from my experience uh, of, of working with various rugby unions around the world, the, the one thing that you'll, you'll start to notice it, when it comes to the demographic and the tribe that you're talking about is the depth of the pocket. I, I, and Scott, you're absolutely right. You can't expect that person or everybody to buy the new shirt every year. They're just not going to do it. All you need to do is go to a uh, an international during the Six Nations in Cardiff, and you'll see guys wearing '70s jerseys that are now pink because, to Mike's point, that's been washed so many times. <laughs> that's their you know, that's their favorite. Lucky, jer- who would have thought the laundry detergent be part of this conversation? Um, and, and, because that's what they wear, and they refuse to buy a new one each year. And there's, you know, there's that guy, like you said, that will buy a new one every single year. They'll buy the World Cup one, they'll buy the, the, the winning jersey, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's a very small part of your of your marketing mix. You've got to go broader than that. And, and make it appealing, and the design and the way that you get that new design out there and give the reason why is critical. because Absolutely, you look, go. On, know, sorry, I, and I, and it, they have, but you know,
1: Old Glory came out with their jersey, and then they made like a little schematic. These are the differences. This is why we picked this. Rooney did the same thing with the Gustavina Tile, telling you we switched the heritage logo to the back. You know, the names are on the thing. Um, uh, Dallas Jackals did the same thing. This is what we used. Uh, Rugby ATL did the same thing. These are our new sponsors. We have the pattern of the, the rattlers that, um, chance designed into the, to the, the black homes. Excuse me. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. But the MLR teams did do that. To an extent, and I think that's what got a lot of the buzz because you had a lot of fans who might not know what a Gustavino tile is, which are these tiles that are in Ellis Island and a lot of the older subway stations. And it's like you know when people talk about subway tile, that's what they're talking about. And you had fans in Toronto and San Diego, so oh, that's a cool little thing. And I think it just transferred, you know, all the way through. So, Mike, as as a New York guy and a New York fan, um, what do you think? Do you think they're going to be more New York fans buying because because New York the way New York did was they they had their pinstripes last year there was a lot of f- negative feedback on it and they just kind of dumped the whole thing and went with something new so you think that was a good strategy Mike?
3: I think so. Um, I know a lot of guys that I hang around with I play rugby with that looked at the old jerseys didn't like them a whole lot they're like you know what there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a new jersey next year let's see what they do let's see if they improve on it they looked at the new jerseys they. Well, this is something that I'd like to to spend money on. And that's really what it comes down to is like, if it's not something you don't want to spend money on, why the hell would you spend $90 on it? So they looked at it last year, not so great. This year, a lot better. They changed up the logo, which I thought the logo, the secondary logo was amazing, Uh, a bigger improvement over the Heritage logo. And so I know that I'd be willing to spend money on this. And a lot of people that I do that I play with and know would be willing to spend money on it. So I'm hoping that that generates it and that more people will. So, I,
2: I Fred, is, 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 is that a hook, right? The tile, is that a hook? And is that going to be a conversation piece versus... It makes sense why they used the stripe, but that's baseball language, not rugby language. Yeah. And are these tiles going to be rugby language? Because you have to go back into the heritage of why were rugby jerseys striped in the first place? It's because of the growth of the sport from rugby school. It was about school ties and the stripes on school ties that then went to military ties. As the sport was exported around the world. Okay. And if you look at most of the teams in in uh, the UK, for example, they still maintain that. Even though the shirts are very dynamic and they're very modern, you know, Bath and, and Northampton and and all, all these kinds of guys, they maintain that. That there's there's something that doesn't mean to say it can't be modern, but it's a sense of identity so that you can understand the progression of the shirt. So you talked about shaving earlier, and it's the Gillette example. If somebody's buying one blade, they're not going to upgrade to two, but they might buy three. If they're on the three-blade, they're not going to buy four or the one with the flashlight on it or the vibrating whatever, right? They're going to upgrade to the fifth or the pivoting head. And rugby players and rugby fans are notoriously stubborn when it comes to those kinds of things, right? They just are. It's part of the tribe and it's part of the bragging rights. And I think that's the component to this. Is if This is the design language for the jerseys going forward. How much of it is going to stay because you're only going to end up pissing people off like Mike said. I'm not buying it because dot, dot, dot. Is it going to be true this particular time? My theory is based on my experiences. Unfortunately, yes. Well, let me ask you a question, uh, Fred. So,
0: let's say a a, uh, a franchise comes to Chicago mm-hmm. and they call up Kaleidoscope and we and they say we want to talk to the the, the marketing uh, genius who was on the rugby rant because he he had some very interesting things to say. <laughs> um, how would you? What would you do? What would your be? What would your lightning in the bottle
2: be? to build a a Chicago rugby team's brand around? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, The first is I'd accept the brief and I'd look at their bank balance to make sure they can pay their checks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sounds (laughs) like you've been burned a few times. (laughs) I think you have to look at what does it mean to be a Chicago brand first, regardless of what entity it is. Then you have to look at all of the other sports brands that are in Chicago across all the various sports and take a look at that language. Uh, Because you have to understand why are people buying into those sports franchises now? And then you also then have to understand what is the language of each of those sports? Because there's a North American language for sport that doesn't translate into Europe and vice versa. Um, That would be step number one. And then explain that and visualize it. Like I said earlier, the difference between milk and motor oil, this this can't slip into basketball language. It can't slip into American football language. But it's got to feel like Chicago first. And that—that's the issue I have with the one that you're wearing. Is it? it I, I understand why you like the quarters, etc. But the shirt that you're wearing right now, you could happily walk into a Dutch soccer game and feel right at home. It—it it, it would have to feel like Chicago, and what values? What, what's the? What's the? What's the DNA of Chicago uh, that would that would bring that to life to make people say, "I identify with that because it's Chicago," even if. And this is, this is a great thing about marketing. I know nothing about rugby, but I want to wear that shirt because it says Chicago. That's how you then grow it is when, when you, What you were talking about earlier about wearing that jersey in a bar or something, I hope you're not getting ready for a yellow card, um, where somebody says, what is that? You, you want to have a conversation with a person who's wearing a cool jersey because you instinctively understand the tribe colors. Right? If you think about Tartans yeah. back in the day, right, You've, the clans that the way used to face each other, all right? A, a, a brand flag stands at the back. This is our tartan and this is our tartan. Those tribes aren't picking colours. They're not saying, "Well, we'll be the blue tribe and you be the red tribe and we'll go and have a fight." They're picking those colours because of what's coming out of the earth and how the tweed is dyed. If you live from a more clayish area, then your tweeds are going to be red. If you live from a heather area, they're going to be more blue, and that's how you identify. It. End of story. So when you talked earlier, and I think Mike said it, about the color palette across the board, uh, what is that? You know, <laughs> how is that regional? How is that representative of each of
1: these <laughs> I think, think – do we lose Fred on the audio? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I got it.
1: Okay, yes. All right. I, I lost the audio there for a second. Fred was on a great, a great uh turn. I think we all had great points on this one. This is gonna be a tough one to score. So I'm gonna wait till the end to, to let you guys know the score about it. Um, we're gonna take <laughs> a brief break and I'm gonna talk to you guys about our other sponsor, the rugby shop.com. Uh the rugby is now accepting pre-orders for all of these two 2021 jerseys that Fred said are rubbish. Um go buy a Rooney jersey, go buy a guiltini's jersey. Um, if your name is Karen Gasparino, make sure that credit limit has been jacked up. She was looking at every Jersey and, and, and she only had one or two that she didn't like. So I'm assuming she's going to have a huge package from the rugby shop coming, um, soon. Um, well, it should get there also
0: for her cause she's in Toronto. It'll so. get there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll get there quicker for her. Um, but yeah, get it's kit miss. Look up the new Christmas shirts uh, for each of the MLR teams and the Christmas ugly Christmas sweaters for your ugly for your uh, Christmas sweater party. And also, you know, the spring season's coming up closer than you would think. Things might be starting to open back up, so you really have to think about your your club team. Um, you know, they do custom cleats, they do custom kits, they do custom socks, they do custom shorts. They can customize everything from your team, from you know your boots to to your scrum cap. So please check out therugbyshop.com. dot com. And uh, we we appreciate their support. And welcome back, Rugby Rant fans, to the episode 28 of the Rugby Rant podcast show. It's the big guy, Scott Ferrara with our, our my buddy, uh, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. Again, we have Mikey P, the uh, president of the Empire Region Rooster Boosters, and Difid Richards, who is a marketing guru on the rugby front, uh, working with Welsh Rugby Union and Kenyan Rugby. Um, So before we get into our second topic, I'm going to give Fred the floor a little bit. Um, Fred, you know, the past couple seasons, we've had some big splash names come into the MLR. Chris Robshaw this season going to San Diego. Last Mm -hmm. year it was Ma Nanu at San Diego and Matthew Bastra at Rooney. Um, So from a marketing standpoint, how do you think that helps the MLR having these big splash signings?
2: Well, it's going to help them. Of course, it's going to have a halo effect of that. There is no doubt that they are, they are brand names in the rugby world uh, outside of the United States. The question is, are they the same inside the United States? Do they hold the same cachet? I think it's a tried and tested route that soccer has tried with Pele back in the day and David Beckham, etc. But they are short-lived uh, because they are targets on the team for the other players. You know, if you're if you're up and coming and you want to get a mark for yourself, that's the person you want to put down. So... For that, it makes all the sense in the world. It's tried and tested. So why not copy it and and apply it? That's my first issue with it. Why are you copying something else? uh, Where's it put American soccer on the map? You know, is soccer, you know, is is American soccer for men where it should be versus where American soccer is for women right now? You know, there's, there's a toss up there. The other thing is, it's an inherent problem when you're going to place your equity and your brand on the shoulders of an individual. I think the barbarians have just become fallen foul of that with Chris Robshaw and his behavior off the field Uh, and the poor Fugines that flew halfway around the world to a game that, you know, they didn't get to play because of some pretty selfish behavior. So the question is, based on some of these individuals, why would you do that? You know, all of your eggs in one marketing basket, and it just takes one moment of madness off the field. And then all of the investment uh, tends to fall down. Uh, And at what cost? Chris is just going to get on a plane and fly home. You know, he's not really going to care if he were to do such a thing. And I think it's more about creating homegrown talent and making those individuals more important to be something that the American kids uh, can aspire to uh, as it grows up. I think it needs to be more of a, a philosophy around that versus bringing in hired guns.
1: Gotcha. You know, and and it's funny because Rob Schultz is one of the guys that has, has is known to be a clean cut player and and didn't make waves and didn't do anything. And I I think this, you know, him, him breaking this, this rules here is just, you know, one of those things. And to be honest, I think a lot of people are at that breaking point now with, with some of these lockdowns where they just are kind of going to make these mistakes. And we're seeing that in America, unfortunately, with a lot of people uh, with the uptick right now in COVID. Um, So I, not that I give people a pass because, you know, you're you're taking money out of people's pockets because guys didn't get paid and guys didn't play, but you know, it's, it's one of those things too you have to kind of see it through for what it is. Um, sure. And, you know, and, and as, as me- you actually made a point that I made um, last week or, or two weeks ago, where having these splash guys come in is good for me as a rugby player, but it doesn't translate like it did in the MLS where you had a guy like David Beckham, where you can have guys like Ronaldo who are known worldwide for being a soccer player and a male model and a philanthropist. Right. Whereas the name recognition for a lot of these rugby guys aren't there outside of the rugby community. Um so again, I don't think it helps bring in new fans as much as it keeps the the old Star Wars like me excited about you know buying season tickets or buying that um kit, knowing that Rob Shaw, that's the kit Rob Shaw is going to wear this year. So maybe that's the pull for to get me a new kit every year is always have a new guy like Rob Shaw or Nanu or Bastro come in. Um, right. So my my second question for you, Fred, is what do you think the MLR can do marketing wise to get them back on track because we know, you know, they keep talking about USA being the sleeping giant of rugby. Mm. Um, what can the MLR do and USA rugby do to kind of get back on track and get that, that trending upward again?
2: Yeah, that's, that is a great question. It's, it's, it's the elephant in the room, right? I think the rest of the world is petrified if the U S rugby mechanism gets on its feet. I mean, it will be a giant. There's no two ways about it uh, for all of the obvious reasons. The question then really is, it has to be a national game period. Uh, And it isn't currently. And that's one of the uh, experiences I had with the Welsh Rugby Union back in the day when Rupert Moon was the commercial director and he was my client, essentially. What we tried to explain to the Welsh Rugby Union was if the Welsh Rugby Union, uh, sorry, if the New Zealand Rugby Union behaved the same way as the Welsh Rugby Union did at the time, they would only pick players from the South Island. And Wales at the time, you know, it's the size of Wisconsin with three million people. So, you know, your resources are limited is you've got 2 million people in the South and 1 million people in the North that were being completely ignored, completely ignored. Well, then Rupert, after the Welsh Rugby Union, then was sent to the North to create the RGC, the new Super Club. And within four years, they deliberately bred um, high school players all the way through. They put a program in place and some of those players went on to national honours. You know, George North is a perfect example of that. And everybody knows his name probably more than uh, Rob Shaw as an example. You know, he was uh, 14 years old when the RGC identified him in a local high school. And that's the right way to do it because now rugby is truly a national sport in Wales for the first time. And if you think about a country like Wales where rugby is religion, you know, it, it's, it's more important than anything else. Every village has a rugby team, period. North America is not represented like that. And I think that's one of the first issues they have to think about. And if it isn't, then what are you going to do about it from a commercial and a marketing perspective to have people more aware of it? Because I think that's almost the perfect brief for me as a, as a marketer, because the only way is up. And if you have those resources available to you, and it's starting to get that momentum with what they've just done, then, then they've shown that they're capable of doing it from a marketing perspective of, All these jerseys are going out for the first time in a very sophisticated manner, getting good PR, good responses, regardless of my beliefs of whether it's good design or bad design. That doesn't matter, actually. Right. That's just a beauty pageant. I like the blonde one versus I like the brunette. So what? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. And I think that's that's the key to this is what are those key ingredients and in what order to make the giant wake up? It's there, it's always been there, and for probably lots of infighting. And I would argue the way that rugby people behave and think and talk about the game, it's classic. You know, the, the older I get, the better I played mentality, you know, in the bar afterwards, you know. And that's, that's true of every rugby player. Oh, just one more game, if, 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 woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, and I think that's probably true of the marketing of US rugby up until this point. It's been seen as a club and not as a business
1: absolutely and you could see that and you and you could see that in the bankruptcy proceedings that USA rugby had to go through because they weren't they were commercially viable to a point and overextended themselves t- to a point where now you have their key fan base which is the the members of USA rugby a lot of them are saying I don't want to pay dues because what did I give my dues for the last 10 years mm-hmm. so i do think bringing in the mlr and the commercial side of it is starting to round up and and create that national game more and taking that maybe away from USA Rugby a little bit while they're in their down period. So I think it's a good placeholder for now, but USA Rugby has to get back and reinvest to yeah. get that national
2: game. i am just argue one thing is that all, all these do is they put mannequins in the window, right? And and that's great. That's one of the marketing steps that you need to make, but then what else? Because if that's it and they're, and they're reliant on people going out and buying those jerseys, great but the manufacturer of those jerseys is probably going to benefit more than the the rugby union is in North America so there are other components you have to consider as part of the marketing mix to make sure that people are lifting their heads up and saying hold on a minute say that again I might be interested in that or hold on say that again I would like to give you $20 for that and what do I get in return and I think that they're the bits I don't see from my perspective
1: well, I think, and and I think Robin Mike can attest to this. I think it's there in little bits that maybe you're just missing for game day experience, even away match experience. You know, a lot of us have our our home pubs like they do in, in other places to go. And we have a party to watch the away matches. We have the, especially NOLA, has a big party atmosphere to come have fun at a match, meet the players at the social, be part of the gold mine, be part of, of the collective of, of NOLA fans and Rooney starting to get there. San Diego's there. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to the cohort um, who, who represent San Diego and, and all the Legion gear. Um, so I think it's, it's starting to get there, but I think in 2020, because of COVID, it kind of cut everything so short sure. that you didn't see the, the expanded version of what people had just come up with for two years.
2: Yeah. And, and if those ingredients are there, then that's great. You've got DNA and you've got green shoots mm-hmm. popping up, but who's connecting the dots and, and what is the strategy and what's the, what's the end goal because if you're going to be talking about this this sleeping giant it, it was it was the Kenya rugby union e- example actually Kenya has never qualified for the world cup and yet they've been sevens champions uh, you know and, and they're very very good at, at sevens but beyond that they should really be the second nation for all of africa if south africa is south africa and everyone knows what that means Namibia clearly did not succeed. It, it, it's crumbled. It's 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 never going to be where it was in the previous World Cups. And essentially, a South African B side. Kenya has an opportunity to take the rest of that continent. And if you think about that as a as a as a commercial base, that's phenomenal. America has even more uh, commercial base and deeper pockets to connect those dots and the wherewithal to do it. So if it's there, and I've missed it, then. Uh, even prior to COVID, then that's great. But now it's a time to reset because of COVID. Because if, if things are going to change in 2021 and the season is going to start, then they've got to get beyond the mannequins in the window. And they've got to be able to show all of the communities that you're talking about what that means to you for rugby North America.
1: Absolutely. Those are, those are great points. And thank you so much for uh, providing your marketing insight. Um, We're going to move over to our next rugby rant topic, which the, the fans chose, which is the best overall roster currently going into 2020, uh, 2021. Uh, Mike,
3: I'm going to give you your two minutes. Let's hear it. So I'll be the heel for tonight. And I'll say that I think the best roster going forward is (laughs) Rudy. I think they've set themselves up really well uh, between Great returning class of players with the likes of Ben Foden, Lockyer, Fawcett, great leader, Breakley, and then Hanko and Simison. And uh, the fact that they had six players that played at the Bermuda 10s, um, which is great. Uh, this, the whole thing with next year is going to be who can get, you know, up and running the, the the quickest. And I think, you know, the fact that they had guys that were at Bermuda 10s that played incredibly well. Foden was amazing for London. Uh, so that's going to be great, you know, moving forward for them. And then the fact that they had great signings like Joel Miranda and uh, Connor Buckley, it's going to all bring it all together. And I think that going forward, Rooney is going to be the team to beat for 2021. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to say I'm a
1: homer because I think you're right. I'm going to say that you do have solid points about that squad, and they still have. I hear they still have two really big signings. Um, that haven't been uh, announced yet. So I think people are going to be surprised um, when those signings are announced and, and how much it does help them. I mean, their, their pack strength with with just having who they have up front, I mean, it, it, they probably have a better pack this year than they had in the past two years, and they had one of the best packs two years in a row. Um, their backline has a little more speed, has a little more of the professional – not attitude, but just more professional experience in the backline at a higher level. Um, now with with some Argentinians and some Fijians, um, mm-hmm. you know they got some. You know they're, they're taking in a lot of summer he- Southern Hemisphere players and talking about branding. I mean, they really have a diverse group of players in one of the most diversities in the world. So I think that ties in. Um, so you know, like I said, it's not a, it's not necessarily a homer thing as much as as much as it is a, it is a great
3: point. Absolutely. In their roster. And one um, of the great the, things the too one is thing, you still have, we yep. still have Greg McWilliams coming back, and so he's continuing what he did in twenty twenty, building on the team, and so hopefully continues on the same track.
1: Absolutely, and that helps Rooney because you know last year they went they went from Mike Tolkien to uh, Greg McWilliams, so there was a gap there in knowledge and language and and change. But now you ha- you're going to have guys who are previously on the team who know all that, so I think there'll be a um, a transition. And I just want you talk about Ben Foden and how great of a of a, of a um series he had at the world tens and anthony parry is not going to like me for this but i do have a picture of ben foden clearing out anthony parry in the world 10 series so coach mcwilliams if you want that picture to show uh and, and put it up in the locker room uh, that's a great one because i mean how many times does a fullback clear out a prop uh in any in any type of ruck so uh message me privately for that picture uh, <laughs> uh rob who, who do you got who's your best roster going to 2021 so I'm going to take a pause, just a moment of my two
0: minutes, to just bring a tie-in on to Fred's point earlier. Um, I think really what what the MLR needs to do, and, and no disrespect to some of the guys that I'm going to talk about, because um, there's a number of guys that I really, I think, are amazing players. But um, the the MLR and teams could really put their American-born players out there and market them to the American market. Think about some of the guys we've had on our show, Cam Dolan, uh, you know, Mister America, right? Lerome White um, represents an important segment of, of the sporting of, of kids that really take to sports and love sports and enjoy sports and could be particularly, um, you know, a, a huge market for, for USA rugby, Roddy, Christian Rodriguez, right. Um, you know, again, one of those, one of those individuals that has ties to the Latin American community, community in, in uh, LA. And then a guy like Chance Wangaluski, you know, Um, place for the USA rugby. So these are the guys I think the MLR should really promote and market, right, to grow homegrown players and show to those young kids that are 10 or 12 or 13 or 14, this is who you want to be in six or seven years, right? So that being said, um, I will be a complete homer. But um, I'm going with Nola. I, you know, I I get tagged by Scott all the time for being Mr. Inconsistent, flip flopping. But I've said something from the very beginning of this uh, of the fall season at the Rugby Rant. Um, here's what I like about Nola: they're well balanced because they've re-signed and they have a veteran core that's been consistent over the last three seasons. They had some great signings and they have some good young talent to bring along in the future. So, you know, I'm probably going to miss some guys. I apologize to the boys down there, Nola, but you're talking about guys like Canadians, like Kyle Bailey, Eric Howard, all right, my guy Malcolm May from Chicago, right, um, Matt Harmon, another guy that came from the Tornadoes, Chicago guy, Dottie, of course, Cam Dolan, and then the backline guy like Carl Meyer, Eloff, I mean, uh, younger, but then they've got guys to push younger, um, Damian Stevens, Namibian, uh international that will push that played in the world cup that will push uh um push younger um Juan Capiello uh JP Smith signed as a free agent from you know he's a player of the year or back of the year sorry right 2019 I mean what a great signing Devin Short great young back uh, back rower they you got young talent uh Webster no uh Andrew Gara Andrew Gara looked like a killer when they were playing their preseason matches I really like what what I saw at him and Keen Berry right the seven stud really develop and come along well um at, at nine. So I really like what they did. Uh shout out to Austin. I I want to I want to see what Austin's going to do this year cuz so I like their their roster intrigues me too.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna, I let you go go on, you know, to do your little preamble to tie in with Fred. So I'm going <laughs> to so you have you have had teams do that. I mean, we'll go back to to homerism and Rooney. I think the first four signings were four Eagles, right? It was Nate Brakely, the Butcher, Kyle Sumption, and then Hanko all four Eagles, you know, all four guys who are known to be Eagles, um, butcher being a captain of that team, Kyle Sumption being uh, in the Eagles for a while and being in the USA system. I mean, he's he's another one of those All American kids. Kyle Sumption, um, coaching at at the the um, the uh, uh, at Army right now as an assistant coach, as well as being on Rooney. So I think you do have teams, certain teams that are going that way, um, I, and then you have certain teams that are not. Um, but I, honestly, I. Nola has a great squad, so I can't really say that your Homerism and picking Nola was, was a bad pick. Um and since Mikey already picked uh Rooney, um and we talk about Rooney so much, which is so happy, this is why <laughs> I like being the host. We could just talk about Rooney. It turns into a new episode of my my show, Rooster Booster Time, which you guys uh-huh. can catch every other week or so. Just gonna um, put um, in but sleep, I, honestly, <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It, it's fine, um, as long as as long as we talk about Rooney all the time, I, it doesn't really matter. But um, actually, right now, I feel like one of the best um, squads, even though they've only announced five or six players, is the Guiltinis. I mean, you know, um, first of all, so the, the first player that they announced really was Blake Rogers on our show. You can go back to uh, it's almost six months ago when we had Blake on a, on a on a, rant, or a run pass or kick. In June, and he he kind of let it slip that he had signed with LA, um, although they hadn't announced it. So their their first announcement was actually uh, my boy Watson, Philly Katanga, um, Iona. Um, you know, I, as everybody knows, I'm a big Iona guy, and it's great to be a Gale. So it was nice to see that, um, and that again ties into your your. Roots and, and what you're talking about and getting players that are American playing in America in the collegiate system too. Um, then you have guys Blake Rogers. They announced second, which we already knew about. Um, this past week, the worst kept secret I think in the MLR was DTH going there. Yeah. Um. Let's see who else they have. Um, oh God, uh, Adam Ash. You know Scotland, uh, Scotland rugby, Glasgow. Um, right. Who else? Uh, I'm missing. God, who the hell am I missing? Oh God, Exeter Chiefs. Come on. I gotta look at it. I gotta I gotta. Oh, D- uh, Dave Dennis and Dave <laughs> Dennis is a signing, and 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 we know through the grapevine we have heard that they have a, a couple more of these right. big signings. And why I think it's one of their one going to be a good squad is because again it brings a group of professionals who've done it in in other professional leagues and brings them together to a new team, and it it gives you that that bubble. I guess is the, is a big term now of professionalism to get guys like Watson who hasn't played professionally and kind of get them on track in a quicker manner than it would. If you just kind of, you know, that first year in the MLR when you were pulling a lot of club guys who didn't play quote unquote professional. And remember um, the, so one M-
0: uh, the, uh, yep, the one, i Sorry. The one MLR guy who has not been signed yet from the Colorado Raptors, uh, you know, John Ryberg, I think he's scored the most tries in, in two seasons in a row. He hasn't been signed yet. Um,
1: you, you got to think by default, you might end up in LA. And and that was the other thing too, as everybody questioned why LA was waiting, you know, a lot of the LA staff was actually working on MITRE 10 cup teams. So they were waiting for that to kind of be over and the regular season to be over <laughs> down there to now come and focus on, on LA. And now you're seeing all these signings. Um, so that, that those you know what, despite the Homerism in this episode, I think you, you guys made valid points. So the question is, Who takes home the cup? Now, I didn't give anybody yellow cards. I kind of let guys play on a little bit at certain points because you guys were all making good points. It it made sense. So I didn't feel the need to show anybody the cheese, unlike uh, Ty, who I feel unfairly shows me the cheese constantly. That's (laughs) neither here nor there. Um, But to be honest, I think I'm going to have to give this one to our guest, Fred. Fred made some great points in in, in marketing. Um, he, He brought us a new perspective. On how, what the MLR should be doing versus what they are doing. Um, and he kind of, he, he's because he took that knowledge and equated it to people like the Welsh Rugby Union, who are, you know, obviously a powerhouse in rugby and have been for a while and have been doing it at a certain level for a while. We can see how we can get there as Americans and, and we could do it in, in North America and Canada. So, um, guys, um, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great. Um, But before we go, I just want to give Fred, Fred, if you can give us another shout out of of your company real quick.
2: Sure. Uh, The name is uh, Kaleidoscope and uh, we're a branding and marketing agency. So we do pretty much everything uh, from, you know, corporate identities all the way through to CPG. So, you know, detergent boxes, dog food, chocolate bars. It basically, if you go to a Mariano's or a Stop and Shop or a Publix or whatever, we're the guys that make you spend more money, and you can't figure <laughs> out why. That, that, that's our job. So if you open your pantry this evening, chances are that something that we've designed at Kaleidoscope is in that pantry. Um, and our job is, is to understand consumers, which is what you've been talking about tonight, a product, which is, which is rugby, and then how do you connect that product to the consumer to get them to enjoy it, enjoy the experience, uh, and come back for more. Um, we do that globally, and it's you know the best job in the world, quite frankly. And it was a pleasure to be on the show. I, I would like to come back. And, and actually, interestingly enough, I think that maybe either to eat my hat uh, if I come back because I'm wrong about the numbers and the mannequins in the window, or to be proven right. Uh, I think that would be an interesting thing to see. Uh, but I think that what you said is what's really exciting about rugby in North America. It is the sleeping giant, and now is the time. That they've proven this first step, what next? Doing something once is really easy. Doing it again and again at any standard, that's the hard part. And that's rugby.
1: Absolutely. And thank you, thank you for being on the show and we'd love to have you back. Mike, you want to give a shout out to your boys in the Albany bootleggers?
3: Yeah, shout out Albany bootleggers. Play local rugby. And uh shout out to the Excelsior Pub, who is the sponsor of the Empire Region Rooster Boosters. So uh support your local businesses, support your local pub.
1: Absolutely. Guys, on behalf of Rob, the Hammer Hammer Schmidt, Ty Braga, who couldn't be with us again, congrats on, on the birth of your son, Emmett Ty. Um, our con- sincere congratulations. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara, and this is the Rugby Rat. See you guys next week.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 2.49 dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.